Hi, I'm Reggie Harris, and I'm running for Cincinnati City Council in 2021. OZ, thank you for joining me. I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having yeah. me, Reggie. Listen, so we are doing, uh, so we're, we will, Reggie for Cincinnati podcast, and the whole point of this podcast, OZ, is to really, um, we're thinking about transparency, to give an inside look into campaigns. What do candidates think about? Who are they talking to? How do they come to decisions related to policy? And so we decided, because this is a um, you know, a very big topic in Cincinnati currently, affordable housing. And I think like many big topics there, um, there's a lot of opinion really rooted in personal experience, which is very valid. Um, and then there's like the reality of the work and the reality of how to improve uh, upon the experience. And so I've been reaching out to folks who I know have lots of expertise on this topic uh, to chat. And so, you know, I immediately thought of you, Ozzy, because, um, you know, you were the executive director of a community development program. You have been talking about housing issues and housing as a social justice issue for decades. Um, and the reason why I know that, because I was thinking about when was the first time I met Ozzy? Ozzy, the first time I met you, I, uh, I didn't actually meet you. I read about you. Because I was doing the, uh, I was running the endorsement process with my colleague Pamela Miller for uh, NASW, the National Association of Social Workers, and we endorsed you for your council race in 2017. And I was yes. reading your endorsement questionnaire, and I was like, "Oh, oh, this brother is slick." What? And then after that, we didn't get a chance to like meet officially, but like I kept seeing you at meetings. And these were always meetings, like community meetings where like the smackdown was happening in some sense, like, like, you know, like something was going on. And I think we finally had a chance to connect. So Ozzy, I am super excited to have you on. And I just want for uh, listeners who may not know you um, to for you to introduce yourself and tell them about your background um, and what you do. Well, I appreciate that, and uh, I'm very, very excited to be on with you today. Uh, I'm an Avondale boy, lifelong Avondale boy, lived on one street here on Eden Avenue for 55 years. Uh, I, I share that because it really centers all of what I've done. I went to Rockdale, Walnut Hills, uh, was fortunate enough to go to Miami of Ohio, played football there, uh, graduated from Miami, and went on to grad school and law school at IU. Uh, so I'm a Midwestern boy, uh, really, uh, really centered around uh, traditional Midwestern values, working class family, um, come from poverty. Uh, my dad was a postal employee. You know, my mom was a home, a homemaker. And we just grew up I'm a very family oriented person and very spiritual in regards to um you know, really wanting what's best for, for, for all of us, you know, not just, um, not just for the, you know, for, for me and mine, but for everybody. And that, that's really been the impetus behind all the work that I've been able to do. And uh, I was thinking the other day, uh, I think it was Annie Ruth 
had uh, honored mm. Eileen Cooper Reed. And it was in 1999. I had gotten back from law school and was working at a law firm, Harmon Davidson Keys, and, and Eileen Cooper Reed hired me to do some work for her at the Children's Defense Fund. And since then, wow. um, my my focus has been on community and youth, primarily teenagers. Teenagers yeah. and community. And that um, that's pretty much me in a, in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah, no. And I mean, I know that like the uh, Abigail Youth Council has, you know, something that you have spearheaded and is so strong. And I just like even to this day, you know, you have connection to youth that, um, you know, you can call on. And um, and I know um, sort of an endorsement from 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 Ozzy goes a long way. Um, So what I wanted to talk to you about is. when we think about affordable housing, right? Affordable housing, I think, is exists on this spectrum, right? And what we are really thinking about is like housing stability. So affordable housing creates stability, allows people to keep a roof over their head, um, you know, a, a healthy home, so that people can live their lives and invest in themselves. And the research tells us, and I know that you know this, that you know housing is the most important thing in terms of achieving stability. Uh, but I've also had a really personal experience with uh, the power and importance of home ownership. Uh, so my grandmother. Uh, bought a house on the south side of Chicago, OZ, in 1972. Uh, but she was living on a fixed income, and HUD, Housing, uh, Housing and Urban Development, had a program at that time in the 70s where people who were on fixed incomes could get a mortgage to buy a house. And what was so incredible about my grandmother owning that house, OZ, is that I know she saved so many people in my family from homelessness. And that one person in the family having a house provided like generations of stability. So I had the experience of being born and living in a house through 18, um, coming back home during a career and, and having to like sort of come back home to get myself together and having that house, seeing various family members sort of go off and try something, maybe it didn't work out and they can come back. And so there is this, I think that there is this stability that um, happens and that is created in families because of home ownership outside of the financial wealth building. So, Ozzy, I would love to hear you just speak on um, why home ownership is important, what it does to communities, and then what are some things that you think, uh, from a city perspective, could be done to increase uh, home ownership? Well, I'll tell you, uh, home ownership is critical. And, and it's interesting in my own personal life, I grew up across the street from the house that I live in now. What they call my house White Mike's. Uh, the Havlin family moved on this street in 1970. And uh, the apartment building that I lived in is still across the street. As a matter of fact, Mike Ely uh, just bought it uh, last year and rehabbed all the apartment buildings and they don't look anything like what I grew up in, <laughs> which is amazing. When I was growing up walking to Rockdale, this house was always like 
the Kool-Aid house, even when we were mm-hmm. kids. Now, we didn't own it, but the Havlins welcomed everybody in the community into their, their house. And mm-hmm. when Mom Havlin was ready to move, uh, after all the kids had moved out, uh, I was just getting home from law school, and Mom Havlin wanted to keep the house in the family. How about that? White family, the Havlins, yeah. Mom Havlin thinking of me as family. And to this day, uh, this house will never be transferred to uh, anyone but a Davis or a Havlin. And, and that, yeah. um, that will show you just how deep home ownership can go. Because yeah. on my street here on, on uh, Eaton Avenue in Avondale, there are six of us that have been here 55 plus years. Joy wow. Wise, Marshall, Joy Wise Marshall, Joy works at the Urban League. She inherited her grandmother's house, Miss Wise, her grandmother. She lives in a big old house down on the corner. Uh, Vanessa Henderson, who um, mm-hmm. heads up the Bush Recreation Center, she lives in her mom's house down at the end of the corner. Maurice Kimball. Steve down the street, uh, Bev's uh, husband, they bought Uncle Charlie's house. This is just on my street alone. And when I say to people that I live on a good street, it's it's because of those uh, tenets of home ownership. Um, Yeah. You know, long-term stability is created by owning your lot. And Yes. It creates uh, it creates not just uh, not just a physical place, but it also creates a spiritual place, some place that you can call yours. And then when you're able to share that with other people in the family and other people in the community, I've had people sleep on my porch, Reggie, and I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. Um, you know, some people will say. You let them sleep on your porch. They could have came in if it was up to me, but they didn't want to come in. They felt like, yeah. no, nah, I don't want to intrude on your, on your family, but can I get a blanket? And that is, is something that you can't do if you don't have your own. If, if, you, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're leasing and that's something that the property manager doesn't allow, it's just something that you can't do. And I, I just think it's so critical. Now, to your second question around what I think can be done uh, from a city perspective to increase or even encourage more home ownership is I I believe there should be some type of uh, some type of um, program incentive program for city employees uh, to live in the city and to encourage them to live in the city and to encourage home ownership. And if there was some type of mortgage assistance program, uh, that would I think that would create not only the stability we're talking about with the physical place, but also the community stability. Just think if um, 50 police officers lived in Avondale. Well, we wouldn't have as yeah. much of, uh, of a safety issue. There right. was interesting enough, right. um, when I was the exec director at ACDC, we had a consultant come in from Chicago and 
we were driving around the neighborhood and he said to me, well, it, there was a big old house on the corner. Actually, Tracy Hunter owns it on the corner mm-hmm. of Forrest and Wilson. And he said, oh, that's a beautiful house. What if the mayor lived in that house? And I mm-hmm. saw him, the mayor would never, you know, buy a house in Avondale. He said, well, what if you gave the mayor a house in Avondale? Wow. And I started wow. thinking, hmm. That would really that would really be something to think about. And if you start thinking about churches and the church's parishes and how uh, sometimes the leader of the church lives on the church's campuses, it would be interesting to think about. I'm not saying it's something we should do. I'm just saying if you think about some of our communities that may have been overlooked, may have been, um, you know, just a little behind. But they have these big, beautiful homes. What if the city had a program where the yeah. mayor lived for free in you know, the city's house in one of these neighborhoods? It would just mm. be something, I think, that would create such uh, a, a viable spirit around this big house. And then yes. I think you would see home ownership increase around that as well. And I think yeah. the home ownership. Yeah. The home ownership rate is something that I think um, if you if you look at the home ownership rate and then you uh, look at the community's, um, you know, appeal. And I, I was going to say safety, but safety is not the only thing that we'd have to think about in regards to appeal. You know, right. But if That's you exactly the right. Yes. Appeal and it's home ownership rate. You would probably find the more uh, appealing neighborhoods uh, have a higher home ownership rate, and then yes. I think that yes. will get us to this a discussion of concentrated poverty, uh, you know, overabundance of uh, uh, affordable housing, of wealth. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, oh well, yeah, I see what you're definitely. saying. I see, yeah, yeah, and that 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 concentration of affordable housing in in certain communities, right? Okay, I see what you're saying. Yes, and that's that's yes. a fight. That's a constant fight because while we're having this discussion about a lack of affordable housing, there are some of us saying, "Well, we got too much affordable housing, and how do we spread it?" And and how do we have mixed income communities so that we're creating sort of an economy? in communities to have economic centers, right? Like you need, yes. you know, a community is great when you can have grocery stores and restaurants and, you know, consumer goods and the, just the laws of business state that you need you know, a certain amount of income in a community. And so when you, you know, I mean, so, you know, concentrated poverty is bad and concentrated wealth, right, is, right. is bad. Right. And the thing that I'm really connecting to what you're saying, Ozzy, and the thing I've always appreciated with all of my conversations with you is that you just bring up in this very logical way uh, the, the intersection of humanity and, poli- <laughs> and, and policy, right? Yes. Like what you kept, well, the thing that you kept saying, you just kept going back to humanity, right? Like what, when you think about families, community, connection and how when those things are considered we can also make really strong policy choices that uh are sustainable and and to your point about renting and and 
and housing stability because I've been thinking about and been reading a lot about uh, home ownership and and there's some studies that have been popping up that says that uh, you know traditionally home ownership is seen as a path to wealth wealth building and there have been some studies that have been sort of pushing back against that and saying actually if people rent and then reinvest their money that it's like the same you know the, uh, they they make the same amount of money or even more right and I get that and then the and the logic made sense but. But what's missing from that, right, and just as you said, it is that stability piece. People get evicted from their apartments when their family members are down on their luck and they come to stay with them and they're not on the lease. Right. Right. So you can't even help your people. Right? Like. Right. 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 You know, so yeah. Um, there, I mean, we, I think that we just cannot discount the stability that that has, the buy-in that people have in the community. You know, the, my husband and I bought this house when we moved here. And Ozzy, I never really, I knew I was going to own a house. I grew up in a house, but I was, you know, not thinking like, oh, I need a house, right, whatever. Right. I was like, okay, fine, I'm going to buy this house. And the moment I became a homeowner, Ozzy, I turned into a 75-year-old man, like, Looking out my window, like you too close to my curb, <laughs> you know, like don't be stepping on my lawn, <laughs> like you know what I mean, like going to the Home Depot, looking at the the faucets, like, and there's just right, this thing, right. this shift that happened, like this pride, and also wanting to invite people in because I know that I can in this space, right? Um, yes. And I just think that that's intangible. Yeah. yeah, you know it's interesting because that whole that whole piece about you can save the money as a renter, and it's not just about the wealth building. Because it, it, you know, yes, it's not just about buy a house, sell a house. It's it's about having the house, and and being able to utilize the house, and not just for wealth building. It's it, it's important for wealth building too. Because you have something stable in your wealth package, so if you start yeah. to look at how your how your credit is built and 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 how you uh, define in you know what your your wealth uh what wealth wealth you have, yes, having a home is important, but that's not the only value in home ownership. It's not just about yep. developing wealth. You know, it's it's also about and I think about people that own multiple homes. It's, you know, I've got a friend who owns a home in Florida that while he lives here, he, you know, Airbnb is the home in Florida. That's powerful. That's yeah. powerful because yeah. even if he wasn't Airbnb in it, he, he lets people stay there. If you're going to Miami, he said, oh, man, you could just stay there. I mean, I've got a buddy. I'm not going to shout him out because I don't want everybody to call <laughs> him, but everybody knows him. And he owns a home in the south of France. And he's, and he's always, you know, um, he's always saying, if you ever go to south of France, I got you. You know, and I'm yeah. like, that's super, super powerful. And then he even lets people uh, auction it off, like yeah. at, at fundraisers. And I'm going, man, how powerful is that, that where you, your home can be utilized in so many ways other than, because he could have sold it, made money off of it, other than just that. And uh, yeah, I think that's yeah. one of the one of the very critical things 
in regards to home ownership. And I do think that if the city could develop uh, a program where city employees are pouring back into our communities, uh, we would find a community strengthening tool that we're not currently utilizing. And it doesn't have to just be police and fire. Um, I don't I don't care who who it is that's working at the city. Um, it could be sanitation employees. We should have uh, incentives so these uh, city employees are living in the city. And right now, that's not. I uh, love that idea. That's that's not our current our current mix. You can live anywhere. And a lot of our just like our teachers, a lot of our teachers are coming from, you know, Westchester, Mason and going back home. And I'm I'm fine with people having a choice for where you live. But I'm saying let's incentivize the ideal of, of rebuilding what community used to be when the teacher lived on the street and the uh, police officer lived on your street and we had more uh, more of a communal nature. And I think we need to get back to that uh, some kind of way. I really do. And another thing that I've been seeing, particularly in some of the neighborhoods that um, I really admire, like like Northside. Yeah. Um, at College Hill is this concept of homeowner business owner. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, so I think let's take our neighborhood. Let's take Avondale. I think the city should have some type of uh, incentive for a person like Zola Stewart. Zola yeah. lives in Avondale and is about to be a business owner uh, in your town center in Avondale. Well, I'm not that. saying the city should pay everything, but man, a couple thousand dollars would be helpful either for her home or for her business. But I know that in both neighborhoods like Northside and, and College Hill, the homeowner, business owner double up has been very important to building um, the stability in those in those neighborhoods. And I've seen those neighborhoods come up from yeah. uh, from despair. Northside was not Northside 20 years ago. This That place is beautiful. I love it. Um, same thing with College Hill. I love the work that they're doing up there. Seth and those guys uh, are doing a tremendous job. But it's starting with uh, the resident business owner. And yeah, I don't know how I love that can, idea. Yeah, you, I don't know how we can get those things combined. But, man, <laughs> I well, know this. Ozzie, well, let's say this. Uh, you know. I'm hoping in November <laughs> to be yes. Council Member Harris. So uh, yes. let's work on it. Let's work on it because that is I, that is the ex- absolute. That is exactly the type of thinking and policy making and collaboration and leadership that I am about. Like I love, you know. There's just something that's just so practical and yet um, highly transformative. And and reasonable, right? Like when you just think about it, there's some there's, there's it makes all the sense in the world world to return people, incentivize people to come back into the city to live where you work, where you're pouring your your time into to live there, and then to recognize and reward when you live in a place, and then you bring a business to a place, right? Wow. So to you know to be right around the corner from your yes. shop, you yes. know what I mean. You ain't nothing going down because I can see it. I can see my shop. Wait, you know? Exactly. Yeah. 
That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, listen, Ozzy, we can do this all day, um, but we want to, you know, keep our podcast in a certain time frame. So I want to end uh, with this. So we're doing, um, uh, we're doing a one-minute rant, and we're titling the one-minute rant, What Bothers Me. And so you try to fit in the phrase, What Bothers Me, as many times in a minute. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go first, and you're going to time me. So get your phone out. And put okay. a one-minute timer on, okay? Okay. Now, what you'll do is you'll let me know at 30 seconds, you'll let me know at 15 seconds, and then you'll let me know at five seconds that I got to uh, be done. And then we'll switch, and I'll time you. Okay, okay. All right? Okay, so let me know. Yep, I'm ready. All right, go. All right, what bothers me is the conversation around identity politics. Let me tell you what bothers me about this. What bothers me about this is that all politics is identity politics. When you run for an office and you say, as a businessman, I've had XYZ experiences, that's why I believe ABC things, that's identity politics. When you run as a man of faith and you say, as a God-fearing man, I've had XYZ experiences and I believe ABC That's identity politics. But it's only a problem when black folks, Mm. people of color, LGBTQ Mm. people, when they run, when we run on our experiences, oh, identity politics. You can't can't do that. It's like everything is identity politics. Our identity shapes our experiences. And that shapes what we believe. So... If you run, it's identity politics, and it bothers me when people don't realize that. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> All right. All right, okay, I'm going to pull up my, uh, my timer. All right. You ready, Ozzy? Yes, sir. You got, your, you got your topic. All right, here we go. Ready? Yes, sir. Set. Go. You know what bothers me? What bothers me is litter. Litter is my number one pet peeve. And you know what bothers me? When people throw boxes out the window like they don't even care. And what bothers me is there's a garbage can not 30 feet away from the box that you just threw out the window. You know what bothers me is Popeye's chicken boxes. All over the neighborhood. What bothers me is white castle bags all over the daggone street. What bothers me is people standing on a a street corner that they don't live on, throwing litter all over the place. That really, really bothers me. I mean, what bothers me is people not giving a daggone daggone about how clean we could have things. And nothing ever happens bad in clean places. What bothers me is that we don't connect litter to disruption in our very beautiful neighborhoods. That really is what bothers me. And done. Oh, nailed it. Nailed it. Oh, the litter is too. Ozzy, I have to tell you before we wrap up. I was driving behind someone the other day and I saw them like throw a, um, you know, like a fast food cup out the window. Ozzy, I like, I saw red. Because I was I, was, I had to cop it because I was like getting ready to pull up. I was like, nah, let me not yes. get caught up in something. But like, I was like, just keep it in your car until you get where you're going and throw it away. Like, but yeah. Okay. We did our rent though. Um, <laughs> Ozzy also wanted to say, listen, you're running for school board. You, you're yes. 2021. 
So tell us about that. Uh, you know, let folks know how can people support you and your run for school board. We're going to have a kickoff on April the 25th. Don't let me start the lying. It's uh, two weeks from Thursday. Yes, it is the 25th. On March the 25th, we're going to have March a kickoff. 25th. And it, it, will be, it will be announced on Facebook. And we're going to do a Zoom uh, kickoff for our, our platform reveal and our uh, campaign for school board. I'm looking forward to uh, rejoining the school board and bringing a, uh, another relatable, reasonable mind uh, to the school board uh, committee. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, Ozzy, you have my full support. I have always supported you, supported you in your first run, support you again. Um, and Same I here, value right? your Same leadership. Here. Thank you. Thank you. I we value need, your leadership. We need, we need you on city council. Uh, we need your, we need your, I mean, you're real nice on this podcast, but if people don't know you, <laughs> Reggie, <laughs> you will get up in somebody quick, fast, and in a hurry. And we need that. We need people that are going to be honest. We need people that are going to be deliberate. And we need people that are going to be for the people before they are for profit. And I really believe you're that person. I appreciate it, Ozzy. All right. Well, let's do this. And thank you so much. And you have a great rest of your day. God bless you.